everyone, this is JJ Outlaw, better known as the Gourmet Goober. You can catch me online anytime and at T Outlaw. Sorry. <laughs> at JJ Outlaw. Let's do that again. <laughs> I'm JJ Outlaw, better known as the Gourmet Goober. You can find me at JJ Outlaw on Twitter and at Gourmet Goober on Instagram. I just stole your identity <laughs> live on the air. Thanks, Lifelock. <laughs> and as always, I'm here with my BFF, my hubby, um, and partner in crime, T Outlaw. <laughs> That's me. Who is T Outlaw on Twitter, right? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at T Outlaw <laughs> and on Instagram at T Outlaw Josie Wells. <laughs> I was. Probably say you could also find me on the Gourmet Goober, um, but I'm not going to take the identity of the Gourmet <laughs> Goober. So we're just going to stick with, yeah, don't look at me on Facebook. Don't ask any questions. But yeah, I'm Tiala. We'll stick with that. <laughs> if you are so inclined, you can find us on Facebook at Gourmet Goober blog. Um, you can also... Um, hit us up on thegourmetgoober.com, which is our blog. Um, and send us an email at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. So now that I got that laughter out the way, <laughs> mm -hmm. I guess this sets the stage for me saying that this is going to be kind of a non-traditional episode of The Gourmet Goober um, and what we normally do, um, simply because of the fact that as we'll discuss in a moment, our, we usually start every podcast by talking about how our week was, and then we talk about the intersection of food and pop culture, and the second segment before always sharing the best thing that we ate. Um, but <laughs> Jennifer at, stole pillows. Yes, among other things. <laughs> yes, checking for pillows. I didn't steal it. You asked for a second pillow. They gave it to me. Okay, we gave you a pillow. She gets three pillows, but she won't share. Anyway, yeah. in case you're wondering what we're talking about, um, first of all, let me take a step back and say thank you for listening. The beginning of the podcast is usually not this scattered, but we have had an interesting week. And so a couple weeks, um, as you know, the podcast comes out every two weeks, and so since our last podcast, there have been a lot that's happened behind the scenes. And so we have talked about whether or not we wanted to share it. And then we thought it would be kind of dishonest because we do share portions of our life. I mean, we're a married couple. We've been married for 14 years. And so in this journey through life, we experience many things as people do up and downs. Um, these last couple of weeks were no different. And although you will by far never know everything that happens in our life because I'm one of those people who believe that if you put something out there in the public sphere, it is no longer yours. And so I believe that there's a certain amount of your life you keep back for yourself, right? Because, you know, I, I don't understand, like, for example, the people like the Kardashians are like, respect our privacy, but they sell their life as their job. Well, you can't have it both ways, you know? So... Just know that me, in discussing what we're about to discuss, it's sort of a, a kind of a big thing for me, but I decided to do it because 
I wanted to bring attention to something that we talked about in the previous podcast when we talked about John Singleton. Yes. And it, it led itself to kind of a bizarre adventure. So, um, do you, you want to start the adventure or do you just want to like hover over it? I will talk about it. Um, usually okay. when we talk about how our week was, as we do every beginning of the podcast, we usually start with big daddy, but I'll start. Um, I just got out of the hospital last week. <laughs> I, um, and I'm laughing, but it really wasn't a laughing matter, but everything is fine. Let me just start off by saying I am great. Um, yeah, we're glad. Yes. We'll begin the comedy of errors. But it was kind of a scary time. Um, basically, in a nutshell, a couple weeks ago, Big Daddy was not feeling well. And so we went to go get Big Daddy checked out. Yeah, basically, I show up and I'm like, she became concerned because at the previous uh, podcast uh, entry, uh, my voice was a little scratchy. And so I felt, eh. I'll be all right. Jennifer's like, no, no, we we should at least have it checked out, make sure there's nothing crazy going on. Right. Especially since at my job, um, at my nonprofit, there was like this bizarre like virus that like took out like my entire department for like a week. So I'm like, dude, I'm not taking any chances. We ride public transportation, which I am a huge believer in and I love it. But let's face it, you basically have to coat yourself with like, you can, yeah, <laughs> running around with Lysol, like literally, like a fucking bubble wrap and like Purell myself. Hand sanitizer is your friend on the CTA. Yeah, I I'm just throwing, gotta yeah. say that. I get it. I'm like, I'm throwing up hand sanitizer like LeBron does, like the talcum powder <laughs> exactly. at games. So we went, and during the discussion, they said, Well, when's the last time you've been checked by a doctor? And I admit, um, it's been a while, as common with a lot of women. Um, you know, you get really busy. Oftentimes we play the role of caretakers and looking after our spouses. And, you know, I have like an exceptionally long commute and, you know, sometimes when you freelance, you know, making time to, which is what I did before I worked at my um, latest job, when making time to go to the doctor and doing some things when you're always on that hustle grind, is not always something that's apparent to you. So they checked among many things, um, my blood pressure, and they were concerned that it was elevated. And so <clears throat> without going through a lot of details, they gave me a prescription for blood pressure medication to help monitor it. But as it turns out, the prescription I was given was very wrong. And very, I, very wrong. I was not aware of that at the time. And so it was wrong. <laughs> I felt okay the first couple of days and then this was on a Saturday and then by Friday I had to leave work early because I was feeling lightheaded and dizzy and so I called them back and I was trying to make an appointment with my regular doctor and they said oh well you should only take one of the two pills we give you so try that and if you don't feel well come back in so within a period of 10 days I got to the point where I was near fainting at work. It was really bad. And I couldn't understand what was going on. So um, last Tuesday, I was at work, right? And I called Big Daddy and I was like, after lunch, I don't feel very well. And Big Daddy was at home. He was getting ready to get ready for work. 
And he's like, oh my God, are you okay? I know that you've been feeling really faint. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I, and my thought process was, you know what? I don't feel well, but I have a ton of grants to do. Do I have a lot of projects due. I'm in charge of planning the annual meeting for my organization. I'll just power through this, you know? I'll just eat a little something, have a coffee. I'll power through this. There was a volunteer at my organization who used to be a nurse practitioner. And I really, Constant, if you're listening to this, I credit you for saving my life. Because what happened was she was just like, you don't look so good. When she came into my office, she works for the development department. I was explaining some of my symptoms and she said, you need to go home and you need to get that checked out right now. And then she said, I don't want to alarm you, but this is rather disturbing. So I had driven to work. My boss is like, you should probably not drive at this moment. So what I did is I called Big Daddy. I said, I'm on my way home. I don't feel so well. I was feeling lightheaded and kind of dizzy. And, you know, there was no chest pains or anything. I felt fine, but that way, but, you know, it's just slight shortness of breath. And so he said, oh, my God, go to the emergency room. Oh, no, 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 no. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. So I left my car in the parking lot. I took the train back home to where I live across the border. And by the time I made it my way to the house, something told me to check my blood pressure. My blood pressure was so low. It was like 88 over 53 or something ridiculous like that. 85 over 59. Yeah. So I was just like, you know, this is not normal. This is not normally what's going on with me. So I had the presence of mind to like feed the cats. I put all the prescriptions in my purse. I took the blood pressure monitor with me. I walked across the street to my neighbor and I said, I need to go to the emergency room. And God bless her. She took me to the emergency room. She called Thomas or no, she texted you. Yeah, she sent me a text and said that I was in the emergency room waiting to get admitted to the hospital. And I felt so bad because you freaked out. Yes. And you were in the middle of like deadline at your job, right? Well, I hadn't quite gotten to that point. I was an hour or two away. Right. And so you basically came to your boss and says like, look, I, I know we have a paper to put out, but I got to go. My wife is not well, right? Yeah. Everything shut down. I just said, all right, I'm out. I got to take care of this because you didn't sound right. Right. And it's very rare if ever in like our over 22 years have I ever, like even the time that I got the concussion and I called you from Mississippi, I didn't sound like that. No. (laughs) There's a difference between woozy and like, that was the thing, you're, like I said, you're, it wasn't like, you know, you were stuttering or shifting or anything, but your the words you were putting together, um, I, I didn't like the way that they sounded, at least the sentences. So you were rushing over um, across the border to be with me. I was waiting to get admitted. When, as it turns out, I, not only was I misdiagnosed, but they didn't do their due diligence and what they thought was wrong with me before they... Um, did what they did. Um, and so I don't want to go into a lot of details that way, but as it turns out, um, you know, they said, well, 
not only did they misprescribe the type of issue you're having, but you're also anemic and maybe you should treat that before you take anything else. So basically, um, they kept me in the hospital. I was admitted on last Tuesday and I got out last Sunday, this past Sunday. Um, so yeah, I was there for a good five days. Um, during that time I met with the incredible, and let me just say, um, the team of specialists that I worked with who just wanted to make sure that I was okay, that the blood pressure medication that I should never have been on, that they put me on, didn't permanently damage my heart, um, among other things. They were amazing. I cannot say enough wonderful things about them because at one point, you know, they need to check my heart and, you know, I met with a cardiologist and again, let me just say everything is fine. There's no blockage. There's no issue. You know, what happens, they even said, given the special issue that I have, which I've never heard of. And so I wrestled whether or not to reveal this, but I wanted to make sure that because we lost an incredible director, as I said before, um, John Singleton to blood pressure issues. And oftentimes, like me, before I went in, it didn't, they, there's no issues. They call it the silent killer. So if I get one person to literally consider thinking about taking care of themselves and looking into this, it would be really great. Um, because what I wound up having is something called orthostatic hypotension. So what it is... Big word. What was that again? It's orthostatic hypotension. And I still try to make sure I say it correctly. Yeah, it sounds like something like straight out of a rage can. <laughs> okay. It is not. Um, what it is, basically, is when most people, when they walk around, your blood pressure goes up because you're active and you're moving around and... So getting the heart, blood pumping, like and, doing and like general that. activities. And when you lay down, your blood pressure naturally goes down when your body's at rest, right? Mm -hmm. Well, because I am just the genetics freak that I am. I don't know. I just always try to be extra in everything I do. With me, it's a little different. So what happens is that when I lay down, my blood pressure goes up. And then when I'm walking around, my blood pressure goes down. And so with me, first of all, you need to get my iron up. It, my heart was already working a little bit harder as it is because you need iron to make more blood. And then add to that the issue with my blood pressure. It kind of made it weird because basically um, the blood pressure that the medication that I was misdescribed kept driving my blood pressure down. So that's why. I felt really good in the morning and like, oh, I'm going to go to work and I feel good. And then that, you know, that day when I came around noon or as I was walking around and doing errands and conducting meetings and working with interns and things like that, throughout the day, my blood pressure kept going lower and the blood pressure medication drove it even lower. So okay. that's why when I finally came home on that Tuesday, Essentially, at that point, I was bottoming out, and I didn't know. And so when they admitted me, you know, they had to run all the tests and... Um, Stick needles and button, yeah. Yeah, I, I probably got stuck with more needles this past week than I think I ever had in my life. 
Now you know how I as a diabetic feel. <laughs> yes, but um, and the thing is that I'm usually very careful, um, because of family history and things like that. Like for example, when I cook, I cook with like no salt. Um, yes, I do confess I did have two of the fried chicken sandwiches. I didn't eat them in the same day. Okay, <laughs> that's right. I'm next. <laughs> I wasn't outing you. I was just trying to say I'm usually careful with my diet that I don't do that all the time. I catch you. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like with anything, sometimes with aging or other factors, you know, sometimes this type of particular issue happens. And so it's important to see a doctor and to talk about it whenever you notice that there's slight changes in your body. Because even I didn't realize and looking back on it, but, you know, it was just a blessing that I caught everything when I did. So, you know, it didn't cause any long-term effects, but it does require treatment, just like with everything. And so, you know, does that mean that I'll probably rush out and eat like another Popeye's fried chicken sandwich when they bring them back? Probably not. <laughs> what? But Although they are good. Yeah, they are good. Because <laughs> I have to watch my sodium intake and things like that. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean, though, because mm-hmm. my cardiologist, I, in fact, I wanted to interview him for the podcast because he was really great. And we talked about diet and how this happened. And yeah, you know, I was afraid of him. Because everything else could have been, you know, such, it, everything could have gone so terribly, terribly wrong mm-hmm. with what happened. But as it turns out, you know, I've been, they switched up everything. Um, So for the past week, I've been adjusting to the new, um, you know, meds or whatever. And I feel incredible, you know. So, yeah. Again, everyone at the Methodist South Lake in Maryville, you guys were amazing. Um, I cannot say enough wonderful things about you. Um, certainly the nurse practitioner at my job who encouraged me to kind of not do the power through thing, but really take a moment and pay attention to my health because I needed to. I'm really grateful to her because things could have turned out so much worse if I had not listened to her. And then Big Daddy, oh my gosh, because Big Daddy can probably tell you, I'm usually the one again, who's like the patient advocate for him and for other members of my family. So this is actually the first time that he's had to do it for me. (laughs) And I have to say he's, he did an amazing job. Um, Not only that, but eventually we had to go get our car. So you wandered into morning Chicago traffic to go retrieve the car from Northern Chicago. (laughs) Trust me. I haven't done that in a long time. (laughs) So thank you. So um, again, I, I wrestled rather not to divulge what happened, but one, I figured not sharing this part as we always talk about our week, it kind of would have felt false. But secondly, because we did do that episode on losing John Singleton and because of the way that John Singleton passed, um, again, I just thought it was really important to, you know, just call attention to it and just let people know that. You know, this is something that we have to be mindful of. And, you know, it it can affect you in a number of ways. I mean, the fact is I was ordinarily otherwise healthy except for that. And I had no idea that happened. There's no one else in my family has that form of 
you know, orthostatic hypotension that I'm aware of. It's just a freaky thing that sometimes happens. And so, you know, if I could help one person be mindful of that and say, hey, that sounds like me, then please do the right thing and get it checked out. Um, because if you catch it early enough like I did, um, that means that there's no problems with your heart and your kidneys and all of your organs and you get to stay around long enough to enjoy the good things in life, which is I want for every listener. Mm. Um, but yeah, I thought it was important enough to kind of share. And like I said, I am doing really, really well and everything is great. So, um, yeah, that was kind of how my week went. And I guess from the look of your face, <laughs> are you okay? Cause I know, um, I know I, at first you and I were talking about whether or not it's a good uh, idea for me to divulge it. Uh, <laughs> And I know this was a hard time for you too. Was it hard? It, was it a hard time for me? Yes. Um, I'm gonna keep it short because the most important thing in her explanation was the fact that she had to tell it in her truth and speak to her truth. The I didn't go through. I do not have this issue that I know of yet. Um. But like I said, the quick and simple, the things I have learned this week, one, uh, being, get your rest as much as you can when it's allowed to you, get your rest, screw that Steve Harvey stuff about like, you know, hustling and worrying about like, you know, what time you get up or what time you go to sleep. When you can get your rest, get your rest. One, two, as she spoke about being an advocate. Um, I know a lot of guys are very good at some not so good. And the thing is, that's right. You know, when she is usually the one who advocates for me or it's the one who pays attention and asks all the questions of the doctors, um, when the reverse, I'm sorry, when the roles are reversed, um, it's very scary. And I admit it was extremely scary for me because, you know, when you kind of go through life, just kind of looking at things left and right. You know, when something is kind of askew and you have to learn to be the advocate for someone else, it's a very scary thing. And one of the things I had to learn this week was there are days when I need help. And sometimes, first of all, it's admitting that you need help. That's the first point. But at the same time, learning to know that, like, you know, if you care for someone enough, the words will come out and you'll ask the right questions. So that was partly um, what was going on. I also like to speak to to all ladies out there. Um, one of the things that I'm not saying in any way that I would harp on my wife about, but one of the things that I, I want to speak to women and to an extent men, um, your body gives you signals to do certain things. Or that something is not right. And sometimes, you know, we all kind of do things to man up or to just try to get through days. Trust me, we all have to do things, whether it be through medicating, whether it be through prayer, whether it be through meditation, whether it be through kickboxing. Um, just something to kind of get your mind right. Hey, hey, whatever hustle, you know, gets you. Are you trying to tell me something? No, I'm not saying you got kickboxed. 
you know, it could be through yogurt. It could be through like, you know, slap boxing. I don't know. I'm just picking the activity. But um, I got completely off track with that one. Um, <laughs> I was thrown off by kickboxing. Sorry. But well, no, you said it. I did. <laughs> but my thing is uh, one that your body will give you signals that you're now on the right. And sometimes there's a thing about, you know, getting through it and you know, just trying to like get yourself to the next point or the next day. Sometimes God says, you know what? Forget that. Your day is today. Your day is, it's time for you to get in there right now and get yourself right. And sometimes you almost have to learn to be an advocate for yourself when something's going down. And no matter what, one of the things that I learned this week was, you know, you've been, you know, for the people who have been around a little while, you know your body. And sometimes your body just says, hey, something ain't right. And, you know, for, you know, the ladies, whether it be um, any uh, ethnic or religious background, um, we kind of go through things where sometimes the doctors don't always know the the full truth or sometimes they're just, they're human. And the thing is, Sometimes, and this is me saying this empirically, please listen to your body. And when the doctors aren't listening to you, but you know something is wrong, speak up, get on them, stay on them. You know, sometimes if, you know, they're saying one thing, but you absolutely positively know it's not helping you, go to someone else. Find someone who you can trust. Find people that will, will, will help you people who care for you, people who love you and say, Hey, this ain't right. I need help to help myself get better. And the thing is, eventually you will find people that will help you. Just be careful with some of the people because some of them will, you know, will change you. You'll find out who your real friends are. But, um, then quick and short, the best thing I can say is we got through this week and I'm blessed to have, uh, my wife with me in one piece and of one good mind and spirit and body and just do the best you can to hold on to it. I think, you know, just to piggyback on what you said on a couple of things. Mm -hmm. um, One, I think listening to yourself and knowing that something's wrong um, and being able to advocate for yourself is important. Um, I know in my case, when I called back to the physician who prescribed the blood pressure medication and I told them that I was not feeling well. And he said, Oh, well this will happen if you just do this and you should be fine. Um, on that Tuesday, I knew well enough that something was still not right. And I didn't, I shouldn't trust his opinion. Um, and I, that's when I just decided to say, Hey, I need to go and see another, get another one. Um, so I think too oftentimes, and I've had this happen in another instance too, where I knew something was going on in my body that just didn't feel right. And the physician, you know, especially with women and, you know, with women of color, especially, yes, there are a lot of people who are willing to dismiss how we feel I mean, studies have shown that people, for some weird reason, and like 
there's like one research study I'm familiar with where there are people in like medical school that think that black people have like a higher resistance to pain. We or have from like... Wa- yes, because we from Wakanda. <laughs> we have herb in us. This is before the Black Panther came out, okay? <laughs> but no, they, they're very foolish. Like, um, in fact, um, there was a recent episode of Last Week Tonight with John Oliver who talked about the medical system and he talked about a lot of the disparities that happen with women and particularly with women of color. And when you think about how studies have shown that a lot of people go into the medical profession with these stereotypes, not to mention the fact that there evidence that's proven that women are of color, particularly black women, are dying in numbers about doing routine things like going and getting, you know, having children, for example. The mortality rate for black women who go to the hospital and give birth are nearly double any other race. And a lot of times that's because they, when they speak up about issues with their body and how they are feeling, they are being ignored. Um, Serena Williams wrote this incredible essay about a year ago um, talking about her experience when she gave birth to Olympia, her daughter, and have she knew as a blood clot and they ignored her. Beyonce had talked about that as well, where she knew she had an issue when she gave birth to the twins and they ignored her. So I'm thinking if they would ignore two of the most powerful black women in the country when they're seeking care, if you're a regular JJ outlaw going to the doctor and saying, hey, something doesn't feel right, sometimes you need to supersede that. And it's sad that you have to like do that for yourself in the time where you're most vulnerable. Um, but yeah, it does happen a lot. And now do I know if that's what happened in this case? I'm not going to speak out to that one way or the other. Um, for Don't make me reasons. do it. <laughs> for various reasons, I'm not going to do that. Um, okay. But that said, um, going into the hospital and being aware of just having what led me to that location where, you know, looking back and, you know, working with someone who's supposed to be a trusted medical professional who didn't do their due diligence and could have caused serious permanent damage or even killed me um, is more than a little distressing to say the least. And that's one of the things that I too have been wrestling with this past week because, you know, it's amazing in a heartbeat how people go in and get regular treatment and it turns out to go very wrong in the other direction. So um, again, piggyback on what you saying before being, your own advocate and listening to your body is so key. And I got that as a reminder this week. The, um, the other thing is I think that you said that really touched a nerve with me is asking for help because again, being the person who's normally the advocate for everyone else. Um, I was in a situation at one point where they were just like, yeah, yeah, we're just going to, you know, when they admitted me to the hospital, they said they were going to do, just a thing like one yeah, thing one 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 yeah, procedure test. yeah or they said they're going to do one procedure so i get up and i'm like oh i'm ready for breakfast let's do this procedure so i can get out i've got things to do and they're like oh no 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 there's, there's no there's no breakfast for you what well we're gonna run all these tests <laughs> you can't eat until you run all these tests mm-hmm. and i'm like well where are all the tests goes i was just supposed to have that one procedure and you were just waiting to morning to get someone to do it 
Oh, no, no, no. Um, well, there's a new cardiologist who was assigned overnight to you, and they looked at your chart, and they decided to do this. So Big Daddy wasn't there. He was at home. And so I was just like, I have never felt more helpless than that moment. I was, and I, and I was just like, okay, I can totally handle this. And maybe it was the hunger. Maybe it was just the confusion. Maybe it's just the disorientation of waking up in a hospital. Because like I said, I've never in my entire life, it's ever, I think I may have spent one night in the hospital before when I was in college. Um, that was when I got sick with the sinus infection, which we will not talk about what happened there. Okay. <laughs> Let's just say y'all, it did not go well for my roommate at the time. Um, mm-hmm. that's when my mom talked to her. <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah. When my mother-in-law talks to people, either A, they listen or B, they go running somewhere. Ooh, that was a go running moment. But anyway, so I've never experienced that ever. And, but yeah, I was kind of, by the time, you know, the fourth or fifth test went on and they're like, oh yes, and you're going to need this. And then we're going to need to do an angiogram soon. And I'm just like, oh my God, what the heck? And I just remember just like, has anyone seen my husband? Where are you? And the thing, truth of the matter is you had stayed late. And so you went home and you got some rest. And I, told, rest, like, and I told like you not hours, to rush yeah. back. And that was mm-hmm. the thing. I was just like, oh, yeah, I'll be fine. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'll be good at this. Don't rush back. The second and third day I was at the hospital, I was like, no, I need you here. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't do this without you. I really need you there. And at first I felt kind of embarrassed because I'm just like, I'm a grown-ass woman. Why do I need my husband to be there? <laughs> but no, sometimes... It's just important for your own emotional well-being. And there's nothing that makes you feel smaller if you're just like sitting there in a hospital gown. <laughs> yeah, that is true. One of the and, things that I, I as I, I've had, you know, many family members that I've seen in the hospital, nothing will make you feel smaller than like, you know, seeing them in the hospital gown, which usually just it exposes, you know, parts of you, but just. Yeah, everyone looks smaller in that gown. Yeah. And so at one point they they took I was in a wheelchair and they rolled me off into this little waiting area, staging area, so they can like take me to different places that I can get all the like all ultrasounds the lab, yeah. and labs work done. And I was surrounded by people in in various hospital beds, like Lane Supine and to be fair, everyone was incredibly nice. In fact, I had a really great conversation because when I was rolled into the room, Martin was playing in the waiting area. They had like this giant TV and it was one of my favorite episodes. And so the lady and I wound up got into a really good conversation about the relationship of Gina and Martin. Oh, it wasn't about Kung Fu Jones? <laughs> no, no, it was Dragon not about Fly that. Jones, Dragonfly Jones. Okay. But apparently, no, it's... I forget. It's the one where it's one of the ones where Brother Man is in the house and appears in the episode. Oh yeah, like oh, and on, he man. like climbs the, out and he takes from his, the fifth floor. Yeah, and he takes a shower in Martin's. <laughs> oh yeah, and there's a rest in his bathroom. Yeah, yeah, and he takes off. And Martin's like, get back to the bathroom. He's like, I. Right. And he takes off the rope. Mm. They were dying laughing, and so like I said, they did they did everything they possibly could. To make it easier for me. So I want to say that. But that being said, 
to not have someone there because I was confused and I was hungry and, you know, I didn't know what was going on and what was agreed upon when I went to bed totally changed and I didn't have anyone to help me ask questions. That was really kind of jarring for me. And so afterwards when you got there and we had an opportunity to talk about it, um, and then the next couple of days I was able to call you and say, look, I need you here at this time because they're going to start me on the med or they're going to start me on this new treatment while I'm in a hospital or I'm going to need to get this um, thing. And I just need you here to be able to ask questions. I need you to be able to understand it. And I just would feel better if you're here. And so, again, you you did that in spades. And um, I'm just so grateful. But, um, but, yeah, it was one of those things where it was – it, it was really a humbling experience for me. Okay. Um, but that also said, the staff was amazing. Yeah, I will <laughs> Especially say, Especially the yeah. cardiology department. They were amazing. They, in fact, Michael, if you're listening, there's like a nurse in the cardiology department um, at South Lake. His name is Michael. He was fabulous. Like, at one point, um, we were talking about Spider-Man. He'd be joining the MCU <laughs> when I was going under because he knew I was um, kind of nervous um, about one of the procedures. So um, the tests I had to do. Um, so yeah, it was I I couldn't have asked for a better experience. So all things being equal, I I would not recommend spending five days in a hospital. There's probably a better way for you to get your rest. <laughs> but if you were to do it, I cannot recommend enough to people at the South Lake and Methodist um, because they were angels. They were really great. And the cardiologists and all the specialists um, were amazing. So thank you again to them. I'm a big fan of, because uh, I grew up with a family of uh, women in our family and one or two men um, who were teachers. So I've always grew up with their appreciation for teachers. And on no side of my family, and this is where I'm going with it. Um, the other underappreciated, um, super people in the world will always be those who care for others at, in the nursing field. The nurses, uh, and those, I mean, doctors also, but truly, like the nurses are the, um, the underappreciated people who do the Lord's work and I give them great praise. And, and great all of respect. them did the Lord's work there. They were great. Including as Big Daddy alluded to in the beginning of this segment, stealing a pillow. <laughs> I don't say they stole a pillow. It's just like after four days of sleeping on that small pillow, I was just like, is it possible to get another one? And he did. Yeah. See, the key is to ask. <laughs> Jacking the pillows. Huh? <laughs> pillows left and right. So, anyway, I'm sorry to be such a downer, but I'm hoping that... This, this is a food podcast. <laughs> we will be talking about food in the next segment, I promise. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was important enough, since we always start our podcasts off, to share how our week was, to discuss this. And like I said, if I encourage one other person, um, especially if you have like the same symptoms I was experiencing, um, to talk it over with your doctor, um, because it could be something that would be, you know, a way to save your life. So, 
Um, we are going to take a much needed break. When we come back, we are going to be talking about um, some fun stuff and what's eating us. Mm. And you're listening to the Gourmet Grouper podcast. We'll be right back. Bro, man, from the thick low. <laughs> Do you know who struggles for creating ideas? People who are actually creative. But do you know what really sucks about being a struggling creative? It's that frustration of starting a new skill, the unbearable phase of being stuck with new ideas, and of course, never knowing when or even how to make a profit from your ideas. You know that feeling, being a jack of all trades but master of none. Well, the Conscious Creative Corner podcast is the podcast where real creatives share their secret formulas on how to be irresistibly profitable in their field. So that way you can be a jack of all trade and a master of your money. So if you're ready to leave behind the frustration and exhaustion of not knowing how to live profitably, head on over to the Conscious Creative Corner podcast, where you can gain the skills you need to be a successful magnetic creative. Find it now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor FM. everyone we are back um this is jj outlaw and i'm here with t outlaw and you are listening to the gourmet goober and we are part of the segment now that we share with every podcast which is called what's eating us where we talk about things in pop culture and food and just things in general that piqued our interest in the week now i would like to start with the fact that i like how i just grabbed the mic from my wife yeah you did yeah <laughs> i would like to start with the fact that bro uh, this is a PSA for all you nice people out there, along with the potato salad, for all you people out there who like to bring the cornbread to the, you know, to the cookout, do not bring dry ass cornbread. Where did this, this come from? Very, very bad. I cannot partake <laughs> of your stank ass cornbread. Not stank ass cornbread. No. This cornbread <laughs> is dry. Literally, I could throw it upside the wall. Matter of fact, I can make chalk as cornbread. Okay, what are you talking about right now? I had someone bring in a potluck some food, and they had some cornbread. Oh, uh, a nice little, I guess, tin of cornbread. And their cornbread was really bad. Really, really bad. Screw up cornbread. I mean, I, you, you I could make cornbread so. that's not like like good cornbread, like it's basic cornbread, like it's not like hot water cornbread. Um, so it's it this was, was just... cold tuna cornbread. <laughs> okay, first of all, I hope that person's not listening because otherwise they'd know now that their cornbread is bad. <laughs> I hope not either. But if you are, you 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 need to go back to the cornbread. Put some butter in your cornbread. Wow. Yeah, sorry. I, I I was I have flashback. I'm sorry. Uh, well, anyway, we can continue with our first segment. First of all, I'm I'm really sorry that you're hurt by the cornbread. Yes. Second of all, I was gonna make some beans and cornbread this week. So, and I'll make the good hot water cornbread. If I right now <laughs> took you in the kitchen and put a blindfold on you, you could make better cornbread than what I partook of a little earlier. Wow, that's that's really sad. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm just saying. I have no words for that. <laughs> Bad. 
But since we are sharing things that really irk us before mm-hmm. we dive into this segment, can I share something with you that has really annoyed me the last couple weeks? And I saw something. Did I do it? No. Okay, cool. All right, we can do it. All right, we in here. And I saw I saw something about it when I was in the hospital. And then when I got out of the hospital, I was just so eager to get back to my life. And for those who listen to the podcast, one of the things that you know that I really love is grocery shopping. So I was really psyched when I was able to go to the grocery store this week and I felt really good and I could walk around and poke around like I normally do and not um, feel like I'm about to faint. Um, And while I was at the grocery store, I noticed something in the dairy aisle that just really grinded my gears. Grinded your gears. (laughs) You know, I had talked to you about it because I think people are not aware of this, but just in case you are not, um, crock pot or not crock pot, crock pot, no crunchy, crunchy, <laughs> tuna roll, country crock had debuted something that they said is revolutionary. That's called plant butter, plant butter, plant butter. Now I noticed plant butter in our newly gentrified grocery store, which I have thoughts on that later. I mean, you could have given us organic food before we got gentrified. We kind of deserve that. But anyway. So <laughs> I was in the grocery store and I was getting <laughs> butter um, for what I was making. Okay. And I noticed that they had margarine, they had regular butter, and then they had plant butter. And the plant butter was like a dollar more than like the, anything else. Okay. And I'm staring at this. Is this bougie butter? Look, listen here. Okay. While I was there, there's these two women, and they were having this. Did they not look like you? <laughs> Did they go I and get some vanilla ice cream after they got stop done? Stop it. I was trying to avoid that. Our girls, our, our, our area's getting gentrified. And were they listening to Taylor Swift stop while it. talking? <laughs> they are causing some issues. Where we live, including raised prices on like stuff that we've never had to deal with in a long time. But were they, they wearing Perry Perry shoes? Stop it! <laughs> <laughs> they were talking about the benefits of plant butter okay. and how it's so much more better for them, and they're so excited that this little grocery store has finally got it. And I'm laughing to myself because, in case you weren't aware, people, plant butter is margarine. What? That's all it is. Plant it's butter is margarine. Um, country crock literally took margarine, renamed it plant butter to catch on with this whole plant-based craze, and used that, and this grocery store is using it to justify selling plain old margarine at a dollar up on cost than regular stuff. And I'm listening to them, and they're actually insulting like the imperial butter that's next to it. And I'm just thinking it's literally margarine made with olive oil. And there are other brands that make margarine with olive oil, but because they changed the name to plant butter, (laughs) they can literally justify upping the cost. Get a good markup just by giving it a boost. Like, Oh, we, we, we put it in the purest of extra virgin, you know, sesame olive oil. And listen 
we this. purify it with <laughs> we throw it delicately up against a wall, we squish it with the best of grapes or olives. What are you talking about? I don't know. I was trying to figure out a way that they could justify, you know, marking up plant butter. Well, here's or here's what they have to say. Okay. So they came up with a new line of plant-based spreads and the spokesman said it tastes just like dairy butter and it's great for cooking and baking. Um, and they, um, they even go around and saying, if you're leaning towards a plant-based diet, you don't have to change the whole recipe around. It's starting smart and starting out small. Um, and the spokesman that they have for it is Antoni um, Porosky, who... thought you were um, going to say Pepe Le Pew. Stop it. Okay. Anyway, um, and I didn't realize, but he's the guy on Queer Eye. But <laughs> don't... Anyway, so... Essentially, it's margarine. Um, basically, 80% of each serving is... Um, less of 80% of its serving is made of fat, which is below the margarine's definition. But margarine is essentially the same thing, which is plant-based um, spread that's designed to taste like butter. Okay. So if you're worried about your health, if you're worried that this is something that you absolutely need that's plant-based, that justifies paying, in this case, $6 a box... Six dollars a box. It was six dollars, dude. This is not even the good grass-fed European butter. No, this is margarine. It's margarine. So I'm doing this as a public service announcement, just like those people several years ago when bone broth was all the rage, and I basically shared on my blog that it's the stock that your grandmama used to make. Mm. I even gave a recipe that my grandmother used. Okay. Seriously, don't pay the six bucks. It's margarine. Okay. <laughs> so, I'll step off the soapbox. Let's talk about other stuff. Well, wait a minute. Hold on there. What is, uh, I can't believe it's not butter. What is that made of? It's mostly plant-based, too. In fact, most margarine hasn't included, like, an animal substance, um, I think since the 60s, I want to say. Huh. Yeah, but it's literally... It's margarine. It's no different than Lando Lakes. Yeah, I grew up on Lando Lakes and Imperial and all the other stuff. Yeah. I'm used to it. I'm not bushy enough, <laughs> you know, to be like, I need butter. More importantly, I need plant butter. It's just stuff that goes spready spread. And, uh, huh. Look, I did not know this. It's just margarine. This is Please weird. don't spend the extra six dollars. Or extra You're two taking money out of their pocket. <laughs> I'm just trying to save you a little bit of cash, okay? The butter mafia <laughs> is coming after you. Well, first of all, the butter mafia probably wouldn't care because they don't want people to use this. They want you to use the dairy stuff. Mm. But if you must use something vegan, there's like a thousand different choices you can use that doesn't have the up pricing. Don't be fooled by the name. It's margarine. <laughs> so now that I'm stepping off my soapbox, um, one of the things that you wanted to talk about this week is something that you were super excited about. And it came out while I was in the mm. hospital as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you were talking about, what was it, the McRib? 
coming back? Yes. The <laughs> McDonald's creation. The great creation of the McRib. That's right, kids. It's back again. The sandwich that everyone, for some reason, loves to hate. And I'm not saying I'm in love with the McRib. I you know. There's only so much McRib, like, you know, love any person should have. But at the same time, yes, that annual thing, even, you know, more grotesque than the great mafia wish of, you know, pumpkin spice, whatever. Um, yeah, the McRib is back and it's, uh, it's, it's here to do is is dirt, but. Okay, can I, can I just share something? Okay. I have never actually had a McRib sandwich. Oh, no, I had yes, a, you had. I had a bite. I had a bite. I okay. mean, I forced it down her throat. No, 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 no. You gave me a bite and then I, I was. Conf- bite. <laughs> I was confused about it. You had one whole McRib before you decided not to like it. Because, you know what? They're weird. That's My husband's obsessed. I don't understand it. That's the fun part of the McRib. You're supposed to be like, what the hell is this mess? <laughs> and I am. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> it's like, literally, it's like watching the Kardashians. It's a train wreck in, in motion. <laughs> you just don't know what to, like, what to expect. But at the same time, hey, we don't even know what the hell all the McRib is. It's I, just something. I just, look, I, I personally think the McRib is just a weird thing. And first of all, it's not, I mean, it's like pork that's like manufactured to look like ribs. So is every damn chicken McNugget. <laughs> I don't eat chicken nuggets either. Okay, I occasionally eat your chicken nuggets, but I don't order them on my own. <laughs> Usually it's when we're on a road trip or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that I don't normally order ribs on my own. Uh, yeah, I mean, chicken yeah. nuggets on my own. Uh, yeah. But Dang. the McRib is actually um, going to be coming to only 10,000 McDonald's locations across the country. In now fact, they're getting bougie with the McRib? Well, I guess they were always that way. So huh. it's only for a limited time. Um, they're getting worse than the, than the Popeye's chicken sandwich. <laughs> the hell? There's actually certain places around the country... That you can't find it either. Like, I read this incredible story about um, in Colorado one year that they didn't sell the McRib. And so in 2018, there was these people who documented doing a road trip where they traveled 150 miles from Colorado to the nearest place that they can get the McRib in New Mexico. Wait a minute. They traveled from Colorado to New Mexico Mexico to get a McRib. Yes. How much for one McRib? <laughs> Wait a minute. They traveled from Colorado to Mexico to get a McRib. A New Mexico. Red New Mexico. Oh, I'm sorry. New exactly. Mexico. Yes. Huh. <clears throat> wow. In fact, they documented their journey back in 2008 with the McRib run. And so once they were there, they actually paid $300 to buy 100 McRibs. And they traveled, they quote-unquote smuggled them back into Colorado where they live. Wait a minute, I'm thinking of like, what would, <laughs> if you get pulled over by the popo, <laughs> and you now have to explain why you have a hundred McRibs in your car. 
sir, do you know what what's in your trunk? <laughs> right here. What's with the illegal contraband? It's McRibs. It's McRibs. <laughs> you are you allowed to like you know bring McRibs over like you know interstate lines? Is this kind of like you know like there are certain things like you know like fireworks and stuff? If you bring fireworks over, boy, they can arrest you or something. Like you'll be like smuggling stuff like in the wheel wells and uh like in the tires and shit like Yeah, like uh you they get the wait a minute. Does this help throw the like the scent off the dogs or whatever? I'm like, I don't know why that's funny to me. Like, yeah, we smuggling McRibs. We're gonna make a McRib run. I don't know. I just look, I always thought the McRib was kind of an odd thing. First of all, I don't know of anything that I would travel. Well, okay. I Wait did, a I did drive now. several states one time to get beignets in New Orleans. That's right. But that's different. That's like the only place you can get the really good ones. I put money so, down. Wait a minute. I okay, yours. okay. And then, okay, obviously it was the time that you flew Bluebell ice cream to where I'd live for my birthday. I got you, yeah. <laughs> we, wait a minute, didn't we go to, like, Canada for poutine? We didn't go to Canada just for the poutine. But while no, we're, no. While we were to in me Canada... In the, car, <laughs> in the car, even before we left the States, someone says to me, absolutely positively, we are not leaving this country without a whole bunch of poutine. As a matter of fact, I think there was poutine in the car when we came back Across the border. No, it was gone by the time we crossed the border. You ate it before we got back? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that was a lot of poutine you put away. It was in your belly. <laughs> One. Anyway. <laughs> no, nonetheless, wait a minute. I do, I, I do confess, yes. I drove 55 miles, I believe, from Indiana to Illinois. I guess it was more like 35, 40 miles. Just to get uh, Connie's pizza. Okay. Deep dish. All right. I would, look, I, I would drive long distance to get a deep dish. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, okay. But all of those things, I dare say, are better than a McRib. I mean, I've seen descriptions of McRib where they always describe the patty, pork patty in in quotation marks. In quotation marks. That's always a disturbing way to start. It's almost like the lunch hour, <laughs> like mystery meat. It's like the lamb like chicken. Ooh. Yeah, I'm throwing that shot. Okay, for those of you who are listening on our conversation and wondering how it got off the rails. <laughs> yeah, that's basically exactly lime like chicken was this monstrosity that they used to serve at Ball State in the um, cafeteria food when we first met. Um, in college years and years ago, where basically it was just dry patty chicken breasts. No, it was a dry chicken breast. It was always dry. I've never seen one look moist and inviting. The- <laughs> it was moist. No. No, it was, it not, was moist. not moist. It was not um, moist. It always looked like it wasn't seasoned. And it had like this either green or orange tint to it. Mm-hmm. I've actually never known anyone to eat the limelight. Wait, mm-hmm. did you eat the limelight chicken? Yes, I did. Oh, my God. That the other thing so that much you about get, you. That, exactly. The other thing you'll find out about me is that 
in order for me to choke things down um, in college. You didn't have to eat it. They had other choices. No one ever ate the limelight chicken. We all thought that they recycled the limelight chicken. And that's why the chicken had that weird tint. Straight up and down. Every once in a while, I'm not trying to take this too far off the rails here, but the concept of, yes, the choices. When I see the word chicken, I'm like, hmm, now I'm intrigued. And yeah, I ate the lamb like chicken. I ate a lot of chicken. But everything I eat that I need to choke down, I will literally, I went, I got through college strapping down on ketchup. I used a lot of ketchup on a lot of things, like everything. Did the ketchup make the lamb like chicken taste better? It made it edible. That's not saying much. It got, I got through college. I mean, technically it was food. I'm still alive. <laughs> so anyway, since you were obsessed with the McRib, mm-hmm. and again, it's only in, in limited time. So if you wanted to know if a McRib is in your area, McDonald's has actually found, set up a McFinder. A McFinder. So you can track your own McRib because, again, with only 10,000 locations across the country, there are some places that sadly you can't get the McRib. Which I always thought was weird. Wait a minute. It, don't they also have a McFinder for, like, trying to find, the, like, you know, milkshakes? Well, that's only if you want to look for a milkshake that actually... Well, you want to walk the in a store where the machine down. actually work, works. Because <laughs> that's actually annoying. Yeah. There's nothing like walking up in a McDonald's and being like, yeah, so can I get this, this, and this, and a vanilla or a chocolate milkshake? Oh, the machine's broken. Shit, I just came from a store, like, literally two miles down the street, and this machine is broken. I went to a, you know, a machine, I'm sorry, I went to a McDonald's, literally in another state. Their machine was broken. All the machines are broken at the same time. Do any of the machines work? No. No. So they have a, you know, like an I actual machine. I haven't had a shake at McDonald's since 19... No, I'm sorry. Since 2000... Seven, I want to say. See, you I, didn't use the right quite. You didn't <laughs> use the right type of uh, negotiation. I had to go up in there and like act all Michael Douglas just to get my uh, my milkshake. Okay. Because you know when when Papa want milkshake, Papa get that milkshake. Okay, so before we scare our listeners into thinking that my husband is actually doing a Medea to try to get his milkshake, you may want to. It may be interesting to hear the facts. As to what is going down with the McRib. Because I've always been curious as to why the McRib only appears certain times of the year. And the interesting thing with the McRib is that um, the McRib itself was actually introduced. Okay. Because they had a chicken chicken nugget shortage. A chicken nugget shortage. Yes. Did I dare I not hear something about some of the people were making like grinds of chicken McNuggets out of like random fish parts? Okay, again, we're not going to talk about that. Okay, no, I don't. I just know what I heard. I <laughs> because we can get someone that we know in trouble. Mm. So, but yes, actually, what happened was with the McRib was that. There, the sandwich itself is over 30 years old. It first made its debut in 1982, and it was around continuously until 85 before disappearing and then becoming a pop-up sensation whenever. 
Um, they actually came up with the McRib again because there was a chicken nugget, um, chicken shortage in response to the launch of McDonald's chicken nuggets. So as franchises started to fill the demand for the nuggets, at this point, the chicken supply was strained. And so their only solution was to start using pork. And they actually came up with um, the McRib sandwich then. Hmm. It's actually, the weird thing is the McRib actually has 70 ingredients. I'm sorry, seven. Like more than 69. Seven zero ingredients. 34, Seven. which can be found in the bun. <laughs> so it's obviously not the healthiest thing to make. Okay, now I'm scared. <laughs> Actually, the chicken, I mean, after the McRib disappeared, it was off the menu for a number of years until it was brought back by all things a tie-in to the Flintstone movie back in 1994. So they brought it back as a movie tie-in, and because of the fact, you remember at the entry of the Flintstones where they had that giant rib and they went to like that takeout place? Yeah. So when they relaunched the McRib as a tie-in to the movie, that was what they were tying it to. And if luck would have it, um, the McRib itself... (laughs) Was actually the result of a science experiment. Oh, God. <laughs> this is making me not want to have a McRib at any point in life now. So more and more. NPR famously um, covered this, where um, a professor from the University of Nebraska extracted protein from pig's muscles to see if they could use it as emulsifiers binding agent. So he didn't invent the McRib per se, but the process by which using... Um, that in order to fortify it to meat so they can shape it into that unique shape was based on the research of that. Hmm. Okay, this is some weird, wild stuff here. Yep. You know what this <laughs> is starting to make me feel like? You want to McRib? <laughs> no, no, this is starting to wane my taste for the McRib, one, but two, it starts to remind me of, like, you know, when they talk about how they get, like, you know, the sausage in the, you know, the casing and or, like, you know, how they make bologna. Yeah, and you don't ever want to know how the sausage is made, but you know what? In the end, you go back to eating it. At least I do. Yeah. This You'll is making me rib. more and more <laughs> think about that concept of, you know, there are certain things that you eat, you just be like, no, don't, just don't tell me how I got here. <laughs> All I want to know is that I'm eating it now and is it great? No. Is it basic? Yes. But, like, you know, absence does make the heart grow fonder. Well, it's coming back for a limited time um, this Monday. So, um, Monday, October the 7th. And... Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> so, again, if you guys are interested in having your own McRib, which I do not want to repeat that experiment. <laughs> but if you're like my husband and want at least one McRib during McRib season, you can go to McFinder.com. And you can type in your, um, you can type in your zip code, and they will tell you if a McRib is available in your location or not. And if you happen to road trip <laughs> for a McRib, please tweet us at you know JJ Outlaw T Outlaw. Um, share your experience hashtag the goop. I just want to 
see how your road trip went. <laughs> so outside of the McRib coming back, another thing that's coming came back this week is the launch of, and which got me so excited. It's basketball season again. And so I'm like obsessed with basketball, obviously college basketball, <sighs> the NBA, high school basketball, because I'm from Indiana, just all basketball is good basketball. <laughs> and so across the country, colleges are, are introducing the start of their basketball season by hosting March Madness. Not and, March Madness. I'm not March Madness. Sorry. Midnight Madness is what I meant to say. It's traditionally the name for it. Mm-hmm. Um, March Madness comes later. Yes. Also, good thing. Um, so when Midnight Madness is usually when they get people psyched and there's usually rallies at late night and they introduce the basketball team for their <clears throat> usually a lot of Division I NCAA um, college basketball teams do this. Mm-hmm. And so Kansas University very famously did this recently. Rock Salt Jayhawk. <laughs> and they ran into a little bit of trouble. Because the Jayhawks and their late night at the fog, which is their preseason um, midnight rally that they do to launch the start of their basketball season, they decided to invite, of all people, Snoop Dogg, which I think it's probably the most badass thing ever. Snoop Dogg was at Ball State. (laughs) Can you imagine? Oh, no. Big Snoop Dogg. So, according to TMZ, the university is a little upset right now because when Snoop performed at the Jayhawks um, annual Late Night in the Fog, Mm -hmm. they were expecting a PG snow from Snoop Dogg, which, (laughs) yeah, that's my thought. Like, have you ever heard of Snoop Dogg? I I don't know how you would think that. So, apparently, Snoop Dogg went Snoop Dogg, and so he had, like, um, you know... Dancers on stripper poles, and you know, he had unedited versions of his songs because it's Snoop Dogg. Mm-hmm. And he even had like a money gun, like, he made it rain on the audience. Oh, yeah. So it sounded like it was an awesome show. However, the university thought not so much. <laughs> so now they're really pissed at him. <laughs> are, they, are they mad because, like, you know, that Snoop was. Getting all Snoop Doggish. I mean, was he like doing like all kind of crazy stuff? Like, you know, with, you know, with the unedited version of things? Or was it like the shot, you know, like the uh, the money gun, which wasn't really shooting real money? You know, they probably would have been a little sore about the money gun. Not shooting yeah, because there's money. a whole lot of, you know, <laughs> poor college students there looking at this money shooting. They're like, wait a minute, we about to make some change up in here. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. According to um, TMZ, um, the university said it wanted a, a PG show from him. And a PG the show. director of athletics, Jeff Long, said, We made it clear to the entertainer's managers that we expected a clean version of the show <laughs> and took additional steps to communicate our fans, including moving the audience to the final act of the evening to ensure that no basketball activities would be missed if they don't want to stay for a show. He goes on to say, "I think they didn't want the wait a minute, They didn't want the athletic department or anybody in the athletic department to get a contact high." He he closes to say, "I take full responsibility for not vetting the details of the performance, and offer my personal apology to those who attended, okay, who were Jeff. offended. 
We strive to create a family atmosphere in Kansas and fell short on this evening. Uh huh. Okay. First of all, a couple of thoughts on that. Go ahead. You hired Snoop Dogg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you hired Snoop Dogg to perform at your show. So I don't know if he's never seen Snoop Dogg. I don't know if he's never heard of Snoop Dogg. Did, did, was he planning on getting like the Snoop Dogg with Martha Stewart? Even Snoop Dogg with Martha Stewart, it's VH1, so I'm sure he drops some F-bombs every now and then. Mm. Maybe he thought that. I, I don't really understand what he thought that he was going to get. Secondly, they're college students. Mm. Please, the college students have probably heard more on the way to class than he probably did in that show. And they probably have heard all of the um, unedited versions of his things. They might have heard, you know, they might have had it on the radio or whatever, but like, Remember, this is Kansas. What? They don't have MTV and VH1 and all that stuff in Kansas? Once again, that would also require, like, MTV to actually play videos or music. There's YouTube. Everyone knows Snoop Dogg. Come no, on. no, I'm not saying that didn't happen. <laughs> I'm just saying, no, it's Kansas. Although, third, can you imagine what that... I, I can only imagine what the negotiation was like. I mean, I'm I'm envisioning they're sitting down with him, and of course, you know they'll probably say, you know, Mister the Dog, because you know they call him Mister the Dog. Mister the Dog. <laughs> Mister the dog. dog. Um. It's like, do you know? We'd Mr. like you to perform for us. <laughs> we would like for you to. Jeff just kind of walked up to him like, uh, "Hey, uh, P dot P Papa Diddy Pop, <laughs> Puppy Dog, Snoopy." Mr. You know, Snoopy, exactly. Mr. Snowcone, <laughs> uh, Mr. Um, Ice Pup, <laughs> whatever. Um, can can we get a good, clean Christian show out of you? Well, to be fair, he did release a gospel album. Maybe that's what he was thinking he was getting. This is probably the only dude that probably could cuss in his own, you know, gospel album. You know what? Maybe that's it. Because Snoop Dogg's last album was actually a gospel album of sorts. So what I'm thinking is he's probably thinking he's getting, you know, Sunday morning Snoop Dogg. But Snoop Dogg gave them Friday night Snoop Dogg. Mm. (laughs) You know, how you get lit before you go in the church and ask for forgiveness. (laughs) Yeah. They got, yeah, they got, you know, Saturday night dog as opposed to like... Sunday morning, like Christian Calvin Brodus. No, they they wasn't getting that one. <laughs> they so forgot. <laughs> one is is. Let, let me just straight up now. It's Snoop Dogg. What do you expect? I'm like, you know, murder was the case at the game. Now you you ain't getting like you know, you know, nice kid Snoop. This is Snoop Dogg. You know, hanging with the uh, you know, the Up and Smoke tour. This is a little like. Remember, like, Snoop Dogg had, like, a, what was it, didn't he have, like, a, a a kid's, like, football league or something? Well, yeah. Dude, it literally was, it could have been, like, the the puff pass and punt league. Now, to be honest, the kid's football league, he did keep it PG then. But you know what? Even then, that doesn't say anything, because even Uncle Luke of Two Life Crew actually was famously coaching his kid's like games, I yeah, remember I would reading really that. Really hate to see the chilies on that one. Now, obviously, you won't invite Luther Campbell to perform at your mm, midnight madness. No, 
No, no. Although no, that no, would wouldn't. be kind of interesting to see Pop that, you know. Mm-mm. <laughs> no, no. I went through, you know, a whole prom with Duty Brown, so thus. Wait, um, wait, wait, wait. Stop. Yes. Your prom theme was Duty Brown, really? Actually, the prom theme <laughs> was supposed to be, like, unforgettable with Nat King Cole and Nally Cole, but of course, we heard. Five different times during the same prom night, Luther Campbell and Two Live Crews, Dude Brown. Oh my god, I think I can't love you anymore at this point. That is the most awesome thing ever. I'm like, we was listening <laughs> to like that and like Ice Cube. Oh my god. For prom. I'm like, mm. how are you going to do a tux and then like, you know, be like cripping walking? Uh, Actually, that sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> it is what it is, man. And you know what? If you need to know what that means, Google is free. We're mm-hmm. not going to stop the podcast to explain crip walking. Although, Serena Williams famously did it once, so. There's a whole lot of people that, you know, that show their roots. <laughs> so, anyway, before we go any further off, <laughs> I think this whole episode's cut off the rails now. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I did the dirt. So, anyway, um, you know, good luck to KU, and hopefully the people who grab their pearls at their performance, will Snoop's performance, will be able to get over it. But between you and me, I honestly think the students are fine. Trust me, I don't think they're mad in the least. They knew they were getting Snoop Dogg, even if it is Kansas. They were looking for Macklemore. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. That, mm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um... So, although I still get down with thrift stop, I admit that's a guilty pleasure. <laughs> so we're going to wrap up this segment by um, saying some, uh, taking a moment to say a little something serious because this week we actually lost a legend that we both wanted to acknowledge, and that is the passing of actress Diane Carroll. Diane Carroll. Yes. Okay. And if you are not familiar with Diane Carroll, first of all, she really is just one of the most revolutionary actress and that, you know, we were blessed to have um, during our timeline. Um, Miss Carol, who was born in on July 17, 1935 in the Bronx, um, just as a heads up, she actually knew Billy D. Williams. Um, they met in high school. So they were actually friends in high school. Really? I did not know that. Yeah, but Diane herself um, really ushered in a new age of how, you know, Blacks, particularly Black women, were seen on television um, back in 1968 with her debut in a television show, which is called Julia. And you may have seen Julia on trending on Twitter and on social media. And if you're not familiar with it, Julia was actually the first television series on television in America to star a black woman in a non-stereotypical role. It featured Miss um, Carol as a nurse. Okay. And for many people, including people in my own family, um, it was a way to get a peer into um, the black family that wasn't, um, you know, where she didn't pay a maid or you know, someone's servant or house cleaner or, 
you know, it was really an incredible role where she played a young widowed single woman. So think about how revolutionary that was as well. The fact that she was a single mother okay. back in the 60s and that who was a nurse at a doctor's office, at a large aerospace company. So it really broke a lot of um, barriers. And it was just when I was growing up, when I was a little kid, you know, I remember hearing a lot of conversation about, you know, who she was and how important Julia was and how it really changed the way that people saw Black women, that we could have these professional roles um, and not be subservient to anyone else. So later on, she went and starred in a really wonderful um, show, or not show, but movie called Claudine. Yes, I remember Claudine very well. Yes. And she actually received an Academy Award nomination for Best Actress in the film. And if you're not familiar with Claudine, Claudine is actually a really incredible movie starring her and James Earl Jones. And it was uh, tells the story of Claudine Price, who is a single problem mother living on welfare with six kids, mm-hmm. who falls in love with James Earl Jones's character. And it talks... The movie itself is really, really complex and really well done. So if you have a chance to see it, I don't even know if it's playing online or anything because it's an older movie, but if you can catch it, definitely do. Because it talks a little bit about um, the complexities of navigating, you know... Black love. Black love and, you know, systemic oppression and how to um, make a life for your family when you're dealing with issues such as poverty. Mm-hmm. And it's really one of the smartest movies of the decade that I saw. Um, and then later on for many of us, um, Miss um, Carol appeared again as the amazing Dominic Devereaux in the, Dominic Devereaux. <laughs> in the television show. Do not forget her name. Yes. Dominique Devereaux. <laughs> Dominique DeRoe, she was the, she wanted to be the first black bitch on television. And she did it. <laughs> she was very famous on, on a character on the television show Dynasty. And it's been off the Colby's. Mm-hmm. So she was actually presented as the half-sister of Blake Carrington, um, who was the main character of the time. The dark side <laughs> of the Carrington oil family. Uh, but Dominique was, look, if y'all haven't seen the memes that are trending um, with her playing Dominique Devereaux, please look them up. Please look for the videos on <laughs> YouTube. And I know there's a lot that have been posted on like Instagram and other places. Probably happened by me. <laughs> exactly. But her role as Dominique Devereaux, again, was groundbreaking. She did so in the 60s, and she did so again in the 80s with this role. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Julia um, personified the working class Black family of the 60s, her 80s Dominique was anything but Julia's character. She was <laughs> very wealthy and you know, dealt in nothing but the most opulent of things. And she very famously, when they introduced her character, was checking into a hotel. And I'll never forget that line. It was so hilarious where they were going to give her a junior suite, right? 
and she demanded a two a two rooms two bedroom suite. Two bedroom penthouse suite. Yes, because she doesn't sleep in her clothes or with her clothes, and one of the rooms is actually for her clothes. That is correct. <laughs> one for myself and one, one for, for my, my wardrobe. wardrobe. <laughs> I remember seeing Dominique um, Devereaux because my mother was obsessed with Dynasty back in the 80s. And so I remember watching her when I was a little kid. And I was just like, oh my God, she is just the epitome of extra in every way. <laughs> but it was great watching her. And you could tell that she had a lot of fun with the role. And one of the best parts of the role was she got to fight Alexis Jones Collins character. She got to go all like, you know, kind of like Crystal Carrington used to do. Ooh, like, yes. you know, Alexis, Dominique took upon that role as, you know. When she laid that smack thing. down. <laughs> yeah. Kicking and punching the screen so much that he ran. The other funny thing about Dominique Devereaux that will always amuse, this is actually my inside joke. One of my cousins actually named her dog Dominique Devereaux. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Because it was a little she-she dog, a little poodle. But it was like kind of a slightly darker dog. <laughs> but yeah, beautiful dog, but it was kind of a evil dog. <laughs> but yeah, I'm Dominique Devereaux, the bitch. Actually, it's funny that you said that. She very famously said when she was pursuing a role on the nighttime soap that she wanted to be known as wealthy and ruthless. And she said in 2011 that the Dynasty producer, um, Elaine Rich, liked the idea of Dominique being a bitch. And Carol said to her, I think the most important thing for us to remember is to write for a white male and you'll have it. We'll have the character. Don't try to write for what you think I am. Write for a white man who wants to be wealthy and powerful. And that's the way we found Dominic Devereaux. So it's amazing. They created that character specifically because you want to be known as a bitch. But think about that for a moment because it's back in the 80s, the time of excess. So one, you have to be way over the top to be known as someone who's the epitome of excess. And again, Dominique was. Mm -hmm. But then again, you know, in a time where women were not supposed to be assertive and women were not supposed to be seen as powerful and opulent and ruthless, for her to take on that role, particularly as a black woman, again, was revolutionary. It really was. And so it was great fun to see her play that role. And she started in 71 episodes of Dynasty. She was in seven episodes of the Kobe's and she's produced enough clips for us to remember her. It's really one of the best of the show and that's saying a lot because if you think about it, of a show where it's full of wealthy, ruthless, and over-the-top people, the fact that she was one of the biggest ones Yes. <laughs> that says a lot. <laughs> she did. She very much stood out. So anyway. Also, um, don't forget, she was also Whitley Gilbert's mama. Oh my god, I totally forgot! Yes! So, A Different World, um, she was the mother of Whitley Gilbert. That's right. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, and speaking of fights, her fights that she had with Patty LaBelle. <laughs> Ooh! <laughs> Remember they're in the kitchen and they gave each other the dirty look? And <laughs> they played the, uh, what was it? The rawhide theme over it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yes. How can I forget? Yes. So, as you can tell, um, 
the wonderful Miss Carol broke a lot of barriers. Yeah, she did. So many of the incredible, powerful women of color um, would not exist had it not been for her groundbreaking work. Um, Shonda Rhimes famously tweeted this weekend that there would not be an Olivia Pope or it would not be the character, Viola Davis's character in How to Get Away with Murder had Diane Carroll not led the way with her characters that she played. So when you think about how many people that she inspired, how many characters and portrayal of women that she inspired, particularly Black women, and showing us that we can be powerful and be present in all, a whole host of roles that didn't inquire us to be someone's maid. Um, she really did break down a lot of doors in a time that it was really hard to not only break through the glass ceiling, but even beyond that as far as how people of color are portrayed, particularly Black women. So we wanted to take this opportunity to tip our hat to the fabulous Miss Diane Carroll and saying that she will be missed. And thank you for all of the incredible work that she's done throughout the years. Agreed. So we wanted to wrap up this segment. Um, So when we come back, we're going to end out as we do every um, podcast by talking about the best thing we ate this week. It will and be epic. <laughs> it will be epic. In the meantime, you are listening to The Gourmet Goober, and we'll be right back. Hey, I'm JT Outlaw, veteran here The Gourmet Goober. Let me ask you something. Do you love conversations about hood snacks? Deep philosophical discussions and why, I don't know, corn dogs should be called meat twinkies? Or why Love & Hip Hop Atlanta has the right level of ratchet? Well, if you've answered yes to any of these questions, you might be a goober. Which is why you should be a part of our bi-weekly podcast where we tackle life's most important foodie and pop culture questions like why community fries should be a thing. <laughs> and if you love the Gourmet Goober podcast, how about supporting us? You can give us a five-star review on Stitcher and iTunes. You can drop us a line at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. You can advertise with us, or you can visit anchor.fm backslash gourmet goober, click the support this podcast button, and put just five on it to help support independent media. So, if you're a goober like me, no worries. Just join us here at the Gourmet Goober, be a part of our bi weekly podcast, and support us now at anchor.fm backslash gourmet goober. Thanks for listening. Back to the show. everyone um this is jj outlaw and you are listening to the gourmet goober and we are back and we are ending this um podcast as we do every podcast when we share the best thing we ate this week the best thing we ate this week (laughs) which was a hospital food yes that is true i did spend a a week eating a lot of hospital food (laughs) let me tell you but outside of that, the best thing we ate this week is normally the part of the show where we share um, the places and recipes and things that we got introduced to um, that we think you should know about. So a lot of times we'll talk about places in the Chicagoland area because that's where we're based. But occasionally we get blessed with like Big Daddy was sharing what was it, that place, that pizza place in D.C.? With the truffle oh, pizza? Yeah. yeah. Um, so 
Um, we usually just share all of those little nuggets of culinary joy that we stumble onto. Joy <laughs> and pain. And um, as always, if you want to try them for yourself, you can check out the show notes of The Gourmet Goober because every podcast, I will actually include a link to some of those places so you can check them out. So this week, like we do every week to wrap out the show, I want to begin with Big Daddy. So what is the best thing you've eaten this week? That wow. wasn't hospital food. <laughs> that wasn't hospital food. All right. Because I, I did try different uh, different portions. The hospital food, always great. Yeah, we you got know. to know the the dining mm-hmm. service area of Methodist South Lake very well. <laughs> yeah. Capture. Got, got love. Got love for family. And, yeah, everything. Uh, you know what? I'm... I was gonna to try to be cool about this, but almost almost start start off with like taking shots. Shot, shot, shot. Taking shots. Oh yeah, I'm throwing shots out. <laughs> We've never done this before, so is that like the worst thing you ate this week? Yes. <laughs> Why yes, yes it is. <laughs> okay. I'm throwing yeah, <laughs> this I'm throwing is new. fire. <laughs> no, straight up and down. Um, even though. I'm literally like, <coughs> Excuse me. sorry, I'm literally doing this podcast off like, you know, uh, like eight hours and I still have the smoke on my body. What did I like? I either smoked or like uh, hit up in the crock pot like nine pounds of swine uh, or pork. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because yesterday was National Taco Day. And although technically you didn't make us tacos, you made quesadillas, but we won't go there. Yeah. They were still tasty. Yeah, don't, don't fire your own shots <laughs> on my podcast. On my side. <laughs> but no, uh, that was not, I was cool with, like, you know, I said, some of it was smoke, some of it was crock pot. I made quesadillas in one section and barbecue pulled pork with something. Yes, um, they were tasty. They were. They were one of the best things I make. One of. Um, but my shot is actually at, um, at nice people. And I always, you know, I'm always a big fan of Subway. But um, oh my gosh, you're really angry about this. Yeah, I'm still a little, <laughs> little honked off about this, but okay. For all you nice people, like I know that you know, you know, for them, for them people in the down south, especially down in Texas, um, when y'all make a brisket sandwich, y'all make some damn good brisket sandwiches down in Texas. Y'all make some damn good brisket sandwiches down in Mississippi and Alabama, as you will. Um, but for all the people. At Subway and your little brisket sandwich, you you guys are perpetrating. <laughs> Seriously, perpetrating. I can't believe you're still in your feelings over this sandwich. I just went. You ate it over a week ago. <laughs> yes, I did. Was it the best thing I ate this week? No. no. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that sandwich was. Uh, if there was a, a perfect just um, description of basic, this this would be it. Because it smells like it, I, I swear I think they put liquid smoke on the uh, the extension. This because it, it does smell pretty good, you know, coming out the the oven. Um, and I don't know how you doctor it up, but you know, I'm sure it's very helpful. But like the taste, uh, eventually I know we talked about the McRib a little earlier, but um, at the same time, it's kind of like how to get McRib. Like, say, are we gonna turn this into brisket? And throw it together, but like the basicness of the taste of it was, I was quite left um, at pause. I, I wasn't sure whether how I felt about it. And I didn't get down with it, so that was my that was my quick shot. All right, so um, once again, 
best thing I ate this week. Um, I said I have my own sandwich, uh, my own pork. Um, the best thing I ate this week, really enough, was at a place, and I'm, I want to believe I may have been there before, once before, but it might have been a while ago. I have a big memory because I'm a guy who loves burgers, but if you've ever been to an epic burger, once again, that's epic, straight like, you know, epic records. Um, I partook of epic burger and they have a pretty decent selection of sandwiches, classics and, you know, singles and doubles. Um, but I decided to try something a little different on my, um, on my, uh, my delivery menu. I went and had, of all things, a turkey burger. Wait, I thought you didn't like turkey burgers. Well, you know, in portions of trying to be a little healthier, I try to do different things. So, yeah, I was not feeling, you know, straight up beef right. that day. And, like, you know, have, I'm sure, like, the previous day I'd had, like, a burger or something. So I said, I'm going to try something uh, um, a little different. And I'm going to try a turkey burger. So I, I, I had one from, uh, from Epic Burger. Um, but since I can't stay away from the swine, I did have it with, I had a, cla- a double with uh, my hack, because I always got to have a hack. Throw a little bacon on it. Not turkey bacon, because that's the <laughs> devil. Turkey bacon. Turkey bacon, devil. But anyway, <laughs> just get, you know, a, like a single, you know, because like, they gave me two strips of bacon. But I put two strips of bacon on a turkey burger from Epic Burger. It was off the chain. I liked it. Um, I slathered it with some barbecue sauce and some stuff. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty tasty. I will give Epic Burger. You can find them in Chicago. At least that's where I did. I think I like three or four locations. Streeville, um, Loop. Um, I think they have one out of Lincoln Park. Um, a couple different places, but yeah, Epic Burger, Chi-Town, pretty good. That was the best thing I ate this week. Wow. And now I want a turkey burger. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, the best thing I had this week was actually something I had this weekend. Um, I am going back to my regularly scheduled life after I got out of the hospital. Um, One of the things I had to do was I had to work on a rare Saturday because I had to do training for my organization. Um, And again, when you work for certain organizations to deal with working with clients experiencing trauma, it's not uncommon to take um, regular training in order to make sure, even though I am not a direct services member of the organization, and by that I mean if a person approaches this organization in the middle of a traumatic um, activity or some incident in their lives, they usually go through other individuals as opposed to myself who works in the development department. That said, um, it's important for everyone in my particular organization to receive the training, the same training, no matter what they do, because they may never know if they encounter a situation during their workday. So for me, I went to training in the morning, and that means leaving at an ungodly hour to get to Chicago because I'm not yet driving yet. I'm taking public transportation. I'm kind of easing myself back into driving again. Um, On a Saturday. On a Saturday. So I had about two hours to kill, and so I stopped at the Wildberry Cafe. And and if you're not familiar, Wildberry 
is a group of restaurants. Um, they're mainly known for their pancakes, um, but they do have other things, and a lot of it's really healthy. So, you know, they do have turkey bacon as well as regular bacon. I promise. Don't oh, look at me like that. <laughs> um, and they have a lot of organic stuff and things like that. Um, in this particular case, though, I didn't go for their pancakes. What? Uh, no, I did not. Um, mainly because I ate a lot of pancakes. Believe it or not, a lot of pancakes served on the cardiac um, cardiology diet that they give you in the hospital. <laughs> I like how you had you was in the hospital and you had pancakes almost pancakes every day, up and down. <laughs> I, while I'm like you know struggling just to get me like you know a McGriddle sandwich or like you know <laughs> a little something here and there, like just struggling, just trying to get one sandwich. No, she living it up. Um, I know it's hospital food. Hey, it wasn't entirely living it up all day, although they were good. You got steak. <laughs> okay, maybe I did. <laughs> uh, she eating steaks and, you know, chicken. I'm, like, barely trying to struggle with, like, you know, a hamburger. Maybe, <laughs> maybe like, a slice of, you know, cold pizza. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a little pancaked out. Although, to be fair, they also serve their pancakes with cream of wheat. And I don't know what the deal is with cream of wheat. But cream of what? Cream of wheat. Oh, good. I had cream of wheat like with them every day. <laughs> but anyway, going back to the best thing I ate at the Wildberry Cafe, I decided to eat something they have on the menu that I highly recommend. It is called their fres- <clears throat> Fresca Omelette um, off their exquisite omelette uh, menu. And so it's an omelet that includes oil-infused sun-dried tomatoes, provolone cheese, fresh basil, and these huge hunkin' chunks of of avocado. And I got mine with turkey, uh, not turkey, but chicken sausage as well. Um, I got you shook on turkey. Let me just say, it was delicious. I mean, it was... Really, I mean, I usually don't rant and rave over omelets because so many places make omelets, especially breakfast places. Mm-hmm. But this place, they knew what they were doing. I mean, it was, you know, it was well done. And especially the avocado, we're not talking like little pieces of avocado, but they had big chunks of creamy avocado, um, chunks of like sausage that you could really taste it. Um, yeah, it was just really, really delicious. And then I had it with toast because, again, I was pancake out. Mm. I don't know what they have in that jam they gave me. I meant to ask them, but I had to um, take a lift over to where it was going. But shout out to their jam <laughs> was next level good. Jam. Um, jam. And, and they had, um, it was just a really great light breakfast. It wasn't too heavy because, you know, a lot of times when you go to breakfast places, and, like, the omelet takes up the whole plate. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like that at all. Um, I'm no, it was well, jam. It was well proportioned, and everything was great. And um, it, was, it was just the perfect breakfast. And it was healthy, but you didn't feel like you were being robbed in any way, too, which is what I liked about it. Um, they weren't stingy with the, um, the ingredients that they mixed in the omelet. So... Shout out to them for that. The other, if I could give like an other shout out, because Big Daddy had the worst thing he ate this week. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I want to give a runner up to this place that I discovered. Um, And it's in a weird location. 
Okay. So again, I'll put in the show notes, but if you are familiar with the underground pathways that make up Chicago's Pedway system, um, there is something that runs underneath block 37 that on your way to both both the red line and the blue line, there's this little shop that sells grilled cheese. I know it's weird. It's called Gail V's The Best Grilled Cheese, right? So Gail V specializes in making loaded grilled cheese sandwiches. So what that is, is, you know, instead of regular grilled cheese, you know, we all make with American Slice or whatever, um, she has this incredible homemade sourdough bread she usually uses, um, the special cheese, which is pronounced Buttercasa, which if you're not familiar, it's a German cheese. Um, it literally translates into butter cheese. Butter and, cheese. And it has a very unique um, taste. It literally tastes like mac and cheese. I know that sounds weird, but it does. Mm. Um, so it's buttery and creamy and cheesy. It's just really good. But the key is you go get a sandwich, but you go on Fridays and Saturdays, right? Because on Friday and Saturday, she has the sandwich that's called the Sebastian. And it's a grilled cheese and lobster sandwich. Did yo. you say grilled cheese and lobster? Grilled cheese and lobster, yo. Yo? Yo. Okay. It's so good, it deserves to yell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sold. <laughs> yo, yo, MT with graps. With grilled yo. cheese and lobster. Yo, 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 it has that grilled cheese and lobster, yo. It's so dope. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Hey, yo, yo. Yo, 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 yo. <laughs> but do you have, does she have gummy cheese? No. From Brumman gummy cheese. No, she does not. Okay. Good enough. She, she does not. Although, oddly enough, you can get that supposedly on the burgers at, what was it? Wahlburgers? Seriously, it actually says they put government cheese on it. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. The sandwich that you get is called the Sebastian. It is really next level good. But here's the thing. You can only get it on Fridays and Saturdays, and that's it. Okay. So my advice is if you wanted to eat something a little bit out of the ordinary, recommend getting the grilled cheese um, Sebastian sandwich. It is worth the wait. And I do say wait because I have been trying to try that sandwich for over a year when I heard about it. But the thing is, usually there's a long line because she usually does it only two days a week. So luck would have it. I just kind of lucked into it because I left early on Friday because I knew I was working on Saturday. And I just caught her at the perfect time. So, so worth the wait. It's delicious. Gail V's grilled cheese um so i'll put that in the show notes and where you can find her because i guess she's at some other places like she pops up in farmer markets and things like that but if you want the main location it's in the petway in block 37 in chicago hmm. okay <laughs> good cheese from uh, it's not government cheese it's butter I'm, i said good cheese not government cheese <laughs> no it's it sounds like a really good you know Really good sandwich. Actually, it is. And yeah. it's really simple and really delicious. So Gail I highly Vee's, recommend it. Okay. So Gilby's, uh Block 37 and what was the other one? Wildberry? Mm-hmm. Not the Wildberry Pink- Cafe. Okay. Wildberry, <laughs> not Pinkberry. Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. All I right. Like 
So we're going to wrap things up. You've been listening to The Gourmet Goober. As always, you can find me on Twitter at JJ Outlaw. You can also um, find me on Instagram at Gourmet Goober. And where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on the Twitter at T Outlaw, not JJ Outlaw. Um, I'm different than JJ Outlaw. I am T Outlaw. <laughs> um, and on Instagram at T Outlaw, Josie Wells, like the movie. So, um, as always, you can drop us a line at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. And I'm sorry, did you have anything else you wanted to say? No, no, I'm basically <laughs> it. I'm done. I'm out. Okay, well, everyone, thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you in two weeks. Until next time, happy eating.